I think we can all agree that clearly communicating your ideas in a public setting is critical for any leader or entrepreneur. Being an effective public speaker can help you grow your business, deliver a pitch to investors, and expand your reach of potential customers, employees, and stakeholders. Audiences are naturally drawn to speakers who are self-confident and articulate with poise and persuasion. Yet research shows that most people have an innate fear of public speaking. When that fear takes hold, we appear unsure, anxious, and it disrupts our focus. In this episode, we'll hear from Trisha Richards-Service, Fulbright Award recipient, author, and the founder of I Need a Speaker. In 2020, she launched the company as a service that quickly and affordably helps connect groups with professional speakers. We'll discuss how to become comfortable with public speaking and find opportunities that start in small groups and grow with time. You'll hear how Trisha recognized the lack of diversity among conference speakers and how her mission was to change that dynamic and bring diverse voices to the global stage for in-person and virtual audiences. Trisha, welcome to our podcast series. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. To help our audience out, why don't you give us a bit of a snapshot about your background and what led you to start I Need a Speaker? Happy to tell you. I'm a communication professional, first and foremost. I'm also an author and a speaker myself. In 2020, I launched I Need a Speaker as a service that can easily and affordably connect speakers with audiences. I was trapped in a meeting from hell (laughs) one day several years ago where we were planning a speaker event. And it was a beautiful summer day. I remember distinctly the committee was going around the table doing the who do you know game. And what happens when you only reach into your own network is that you get the same speakers, the same points of view, the same topics, the same everything over and over again. And I wanted to break that cycle. I just kept thinking it's got to be easier to find someone to be a speaker for an event and really be the right one for your audience. So I built I Need a Speaker. And in the process, I learned that 65% of all conference speakers are men. And I wanted to change that dynamic a little bit, bring some diversity to the global stage, whether it's in person or virtual. Um, My background is in common journalism. I have a master's in healthcare administration and a doctorate in administration and leadership. And I'm a two-time Fulbrighter. Thank you for that. I went to your website and I noted that in addition to maybe hooking me up with someone, sort of you ask a question like, so why aren't you being a public speaker? What is it that you're good at? What subjects do you know? And how do you become a good public speaker? In order to get started as a public speaker, you've got to really decide what your niche is. In other words, if you're a subject matter expert, determine on a very narrow basis what that topic is that you want to be known as the go-to speaker for. So maybe it's in botany or World War II or climate change, or cryptocurrency, whatever it is, become known as the go-to for that niche topic and that niche audience. And that's going to open the door for you in many ways. Second, I would look for some unpaid opportunities to speak. And before I get the backlash of, hey, there's a lot of value for speakers, I know that, believe me, I'm an advocate for it. But what I like about the unpaid opportunities for a beginner speaker is that you get to relate to an audience and test your material, so to speak. Find out if the lingo is right for them. Find out more about who they are and what they want to know. And use that feedback to build upon your key presentations, your core presentations, and use those as the basis for your business. Next, I would ask for testimonials. I would record conversations to use as social proof that can be put on 
social media or platforms like Vimeo or YouTube. And then I would create a speaker sheet. That's the one sheet talking about your expertise and how to reach you. Now, this is beyond just for someone who wants to be a public speaker. Anyone who's out there starting a business, you have to be in a position to pitch your ideas, to talk about your business. And I think it's important Mm -hmm. that people understand that this is not just about necessarily being a public speaker, someone that is engaged to talk, but also the ability to talk about your business. Exactly. I like to use the term public speaker as something that represents anyone who speaks to a group. So that could be an internal speaker at your company if you want to get visibility or maybe be considered for promotion. It could be someone who is retired but really loves their area of expertise and wants to continue being involved with it. But for an entrepreneur, there are so many ways that public speaking can benefit you and your brand as you start to grow your business. How does one do that? I mean, you mentioned before about, you know, volunteering, being a speaker. For example, at our university at New York Institute of Technology, we have a lot of foreign students and they always find it difficult because they think they have such a heavy accent. How do you get past the fear of being judged and getting good at public speaking? Well, that's a two-part question. Some people never get past the fear of being judged, which is why you get those butterflies in your stomach before you present. And that can be a good thing, giving you energy moving into your presentation. The second part of that question is overcoming things like barriers to good communication, whether it's being shy, having an accent, or feeling like you don't have enough experience. And really, the one word I'd have to say is practice. Begin to be comfortable in smaller groups and then evolve to larger groups. So if you're in a business setting, perhaps, speak to people around you. If you are in a fraternal or social organization like the Rotary Club, you know, you can get involved there doing presentations, offer to give some remarks at a retirement party, a toast at a wedding. All of these things are going to build on your confidence level so that when it's time, you're more presented as a professional. And I think, you know, and again, it's only in my experiences that the ability to tell a story, engage with your audience, pick on something that's a trigger that they'll latch on to and you want them to get to know you because Getting up and just being a talking head is one thing, but beginning real engagement and having people understand what your idea is and why, as an example, you want to start a business, it's important to have that storytelling, isn't it? Absolutely. Storytelling is a key element to having people remember your message. Another part of that is adding some emotion to what you're talking about, really making it resonate with your audience. And what that involves is letting some of your personality shine through And letting some of your own passion for the subject shine through. And when that comes across, some people might say, well, is that really professional? If you are talking about a sensitive issue and you start to get emotional, I would say that's to your favor because it demonstrates how deeply you feel about that topic and your audience is going to react with you. And the same is if it's very positive, if you have an uplifting, energetic kind of speech, get out from behind the podium and walk around and wave your arms and speak and smile and laugh because that will resonate too. So true. And the other part of this is when you're speaking, I don't want to call them props, but you know, having graphics available and having something that people will have people become overcome with so many graphics that they're, that's all they're focused on rather than your voice. You want to have something that you can then illustrate or talk about a subject, give them also a visual, not just uh, hear you speak about a subject. That's an excellent point. You do want to have resources and tools. The tools can be an audio clip. It can be a video clip. It can be slides. So often when someone says, are you a public speaker? 
or are you familiar with public speaking? Some people might say, well, sure, I know how to use PowerPoint. What they're forgetting is that PowerPoint is just a tool to be the speaker. The focus should be on the person delivering the presentation. There was one time I recall when I was presenting at a very large conference. There were about 300 people in the room, and the IT person came to set everything up and discovered that there was a problem. And I said, no worries, we'll just keep moving. And he said, wait, you're going to go without this? I said, it's just a tool. I've got my presentation ready. And that shocked everybody because they kept thinking, how can you move on without your slides? But that's the mark of someone who really knows the material well and can move forward without those resources. Yeah, that's an excellent point because in anyone's life, and it happened to me once when I was traveling to the West Coast and I had all of these handouts and materials and a PowerPoint ready to go. And unfortunately, somebody actually spilled a cup of coffee into my briefcase and destroyed all my materials. Yes, and, and actually shorted out my laptop. But I used that story to explain to people why I don't have any handouts. And everyone has little roadblocks that they have to overcome or everyone has a problem they've got to overcome. And people will appreciate Mm -hmm. that. So one of the things that get past is get past that fear of, oh, what happens if this happens? Well, you know what? Go with it. You have to be able to do that. I'm glad that you shared that story because so many people feel that pressure to be perfect. And when you are a little bit less than perfect, not sloppy, but a little bit less than perfect, people resonate with that. They, they relate to it and think, wow, that could be me, or this person is real. Another presentation you had made was talking about the mission of I Need a Speaker. And by the way, for anyone who's listening, it's www.ineedaspeaker.com to get more information. One of the things you talked about was amplifying new voices. Tell us why that's part mm-hmm. of your mission. When I learned that 65% of all conference speakers are men, I realized that we have to change those statistics because in order to be informed, in order to be open to new ideas and perspectives, we have to hear from different kinds of people. Another thing I learned in my research as I was pulling this together to launch is there was a conference, I don't know where, and if I did, I wouldn't state who it was, but there was a conference on disability rights and that one of the speakers was an individual with a disability. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how could they really represent that well? There was another one on women entrepreneurs, and the entire panel was men. So when you think about it, it's not in terms of who the right speaker is for a certain topic, but for the event itself, for the audience itself. And I wanted to change that. I wanted to bring in people of different ages, different levels of experience. And what I learned from one of my clients is that there was an individual who called Speakers Bureau, a traditional one, Mm. and said, I'm looking for a speaker for an event. And they said, how much funding do you have? And she said, 3,000 euros. This was someone in, in Europe. And they said, well, call us back when you have 10. We don't work with people like you. So I thought, this is <laughs> weird. You know, we can only get to the highest level of professional speaker who charged five figures or more, or we don't have anyone except those in our network. But there wasn't a solution to get to that middle ground. And there are a lot of people who might say, well, I'm not really a public speaker. I don't charge. Or I'm not really a public speaker. I'm not a professional. I have a full-time job. But they're the people who know their topics well. And they're probably some of the best speakers I've ever heard. So, Tricia, I think you started your business, I think it was in 2020 or 2019. And I wanted to know how the pandemic impacted your business. That's a great question. I was preparing to launch in August of 2020 when we went into lockdown in March. At that point, I was very excited about this new venture. I couldn't wait because I know the world needs something like this. And when everything started to grind to a halt, I got very upset. And I said to my husband, this is horrible. 
This is terrible timing. Look what's happening now. No one's going to have conferences. And he very wisely said, no, everyone will. It'll just be virtual. And what happened between March of 2020 and March of 2021 is that virtual events and virtual public speaking went up 1,200%. Hmm. Do you see the in-person business growing right now? I see both virtual and in-person business growing. The reason I say that is that during the pandemic restrictions, event planners and audiences learned that they can book someone from anywhere in the world and not have to pay travel costs. So for those people for whom cost for travel was prohibitive, they now have brand new opportunities globally. But there are so many people who are itching to be back in person. They want to get their their badges. They want to go into a room full of other people who are excited to hear the same speakers. They want to socialize and network. And I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. So I do see this dual path of virtual and in-person continuing for some time. That's interesting. So your website, your business, Mm -hmm. you're not a traditional agency then that just specializes in bookings. You're somewhat nuanced then. Is that correct? Yeah. I wanted to make the process convenient and affordable. So the way it works is that a speaker will pay $349 a year to be listed in the global directory. Right now, we have users from eight countries, and the event planners can create an account for free to search that directory and find the right speaker for them. Sometimes I'll get messages saying, I have this event, I'm not sure who to choose, and I can make some recommendations on you know who's in our directory. Right. But it's just surprised me that there was no way to get to that middle ground of all these subject matter experts. I noticed that, you know, if you have a U2 concert, if you have a Beyonce concert, you're going to go to Ticketmaster. Probably not a good example of the scandal with Taylor Swift. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to illust- illustrate scale. Sure. That if you're going really big, you're going to go with Ticketmaster. That'll be the traditional speakers bureau. I want to be more like the Eventbrite, you know, the one that handles everything else who says, you know, we're having a corporate wellness day, we need a topic expert for our wellness day. Or I want to have a guest lecturer for my class at the university. I don't know who to ask. I want someone of color to talk about DEI. And DEI matters a lot to me. I think that's why I use that as an example. Sure. Because there's so much talk about inclusion. And I really believe that all of us have a role in inclusion when it comes to messaging. Because if we are the hirers, of someone. If we are the bookers for a speaker, we need to be aware of who we're booking. You know, we need to have an attitude toward diversity and the audiences would benefit from having that diverse group of speakers as well. So that's part of the excitement that I have around the brand. That's absolutely spot on and diversity, equity and inclusion, DEI is more than just, and if people say, well, that's a hot topic today. Well, no, it's an important topic today. It's not just a hot topic. And it's something that that every business should be engaged in. And it's very nice to hear that your business has certainly made that part of the mission. So let's talk a little bit, because we have our, our entrepreneurs listening in. What advice do you have for budding entrepreneurs? For entrepreneurs, I've got some tips on how public speaking can build their business. And I'm hoping this can help them directly. One of the ways is that public speaking forces you to organize your thoughts. I know as an entrepreneur myself that there's so much happening all the time. You know, every day there are new challenges and there are new progress, which is exciting. It helps you organize your thoughts and really stay focused on your mission. It also improves communication skills so that you feel more prepared all the time, whether you're speaking with an investor, a potential client or customer, or even your internal team. 
you're going to represent yourself better. Also, it will position you better as a subject matter expert, which lends credibility to you and to your business. It lets your passion, your enthusiasm come through. And in the process of all of this exercise, it really builds self-confidence, which is so important when you are venturing into a new business area. I also recommend that people are public speakers just for the referrals alone, because once you're out there demonstrating your capabilities, demonstrating your credibility, people want to do business with you. They're going to say, what's that website again? Or where's your store again? Or how do I get in touch with you? So that's a way to build not only the referrals, but also your professional network, because other people will be reaching out to you, inviting you after a while to be on panel discussions or be a facilitator for a conversation. And with the feedback that you receive, it helps you to better understand your customer or your client base. If you hear a lot of questions over and over again that are the same or similar, then you know you've got a communication issue that maybe your website needs to be tweaked. Now, if you want to have that message be really clear, that's the way to get it clear is to send it out to the masses and see what questions they have for you. So, so many benefits. It's really exciting. I get very happy when I'm talking about these things because I've seen this in my own life and I know it to be effective. Absolutely. Tricia, who inspires you? Who inspires me? Probably who inspires me would be the people whose voices are emerging. The people who have the courage, the bravery, the passion to carry their message out to people who need to hear it. That inspires me all the time. I hear from other people always, and every study will show that public speaking is one of the major fears. Now, people say they fear it sometimes more than death, which means they'd rather be the one in the casket than giving the eulogy, <laughs> as Seinfeld has often joked about, you know. But I think it's exciting. I don't have that fear myself. But when other people do, when they step forward and say, you know what, I want to try this. I'm going to put myself out there because I believe in this message or I believe in this topic or I realize this information has to be shared for the common good. And they step into the spotlight, whether it's virtually or in person. They're putting themselves out there. And I think that takes dust. I really respect that. I always say that my favorite speaker is the one that is not heard yet. The one is to be heard. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. What one word describes who you are? I am dedicated to the mission. Dedicated is the word I would choose. I believe in the mission very strongly because I know there's so much opportunity for us to learn as audiences. I teach media and communications, and I realize that in today's world, we curate what we want to see and hear. So we go to social media, we choose the accounts we want to follow. So we're curating that information. We choose the TV shows and the streaming shows and the in-person shows. Everything that's around us, we kind of curate what our experience of that is. And I love the idea that we can have people open-minded enough to hear new voices and new perspectives, that we can open up to see other sides. And when you bring all different kinds of people into a conversation, it becomes very rich and it enlightens and it teaches. And I think that's what I get excited about is I'm dedicated to that idea that we're going to learn from one another and not just stay in our lane intellectually. Wonderful. Tricia, thanks for that. And thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much. In this episode, Tricia discussed ways to control your fear of public speaking, centered around preparation, practice, and seizing chances for your voice to be heard. You can offer to make presentations at work, take unpaid opportunities to test your materials and refine how you engage with an audience. Join a volunteer organization. They often have opportunities for members to speak with groups. 
Such occasions will help you practice engaging with an audience. Remember, don't be over-reliant on PowerPoint. The audience should be focused on you, on your voice. Use storytelling as a way to connect with people. And don't be afraid of adding some emotion to your speech. Show you're passionate about your topic and the importance of what you have to say. Be energetic and excited to share your thoughts when presenting your subject. If you want a career as a public speaker, first, find your niche. Narrow your topic focus and become the go-to person for that niche topic. For the entrepreneur, public speaking is a great way to generate referrals and attract new customers. As Trisha said, once you're out there demonstrating your capabilities and credibility, people will want to do business with you. And the one word she used to describe herself was dedicated. Dedicated to her mission to get different kinds of people into a conversation. Diversity enriches and enlightens with new ideas and perspectives. We thank Trisha for sharing her experiences and valuable insights. This podcast is executive produced by John Rebecca and New York Institute of Technology in conjunction with the School of Management and the Office of Strategic Communications and External Affairs. The interim dean of the School of Management and executive producer of this podcast is Deborah Cohen. Our marketing and social media strategist is Petra Shantaraga. And our audio editor and mixer is Brian Falk from Abacus Entertainment. Special thanks to Professor Ellie Schwartz and Victoria Greco for all their support. Until next time.